Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. We are so grateful for what you've done for us, how good you've been to us throughout our lives. And we take special note of this year, 2019. You have been so good, so merciful, so faithful. You have blessed us, Father. And we thank you. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Mm. So, Father, we turn our attention today to the Word because the entrance of your Word gives light. The entrance of your Word brings spiritual understanding, spiritual enlightenment into our hearts, into our spirits. Causes us to see things we haven't seen. Causes us to understand things in a clearer light than we've understood before. Causes us to have wisdom with that understanding. Gives us direction in our walk, in our faith, in our service, in all that we do. We thank you, Father, for your holy written word. And we know, Father, that this word is illuminated in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. For he takes these things and opens them up to our understanding. Glory to God, to our spiritual understanding. We thank you for that. We expect him to do that this very morning. This morning, glory to God, to enlighten us. Praise God. To bring us greater understanding than we've had. Thank you, Father. While we're praying, Father, we will always remember to pray for those who are in authority. We pray for our president, President Donald Trump, his administration, our vice president, all of President Trump's administration, the entire executive branch of government. Father, we pray for the legislature in Washington, D.C., the Senate and the House. We pray for the federal courts, starting from the Supreme Court, spreading out across the land, various district federal courts. Father, we pray for our federal government, for those in authority in our land. Father, that you would give them wisdom and direction and guidance to know what to do, how to do, to do what's best in your eyes, not in the eyes of the world, on behalf of the world, but right in your eyes. Glory to God. We thank you, Father, for these men and women. We thank you for their service. Glory to God. We thank you, Father, for our state government, our governor, lieutenant governor, state legislative bodies, the courts, state courts, Supreme Court, and so forth. We pray for our local governments in our cities, counties, towns. Everyone in a place of civil authority, we ask you to bless them and help them do what's right. Always do the right thing. Not the politically expedient thing, but the right thing, the necessary thing. Father, that you 
would be pleased in every decision and every action, Father. We know that's a tall order because there are a lot of people in government who, who frankly despise you and despise the holy word of God and Christianity and anything having to do with the truth. Father, we ask you, Lord, this is an election year coming up in 2020. We ask you, Father, to replace such men and women who will not love you, who will not seek your will, who will not live in obedience or at least reverence to the holy principles of the word of God. Father, replace them with men and women who will do right. Maybe who are not as politically savvy or maybe not as polished, but they have a heart to do what's right. These are the men and women, Father, we pray will come into office and gain the ascendancy in our political scene in the upcoming year. Glory to God. Father, we take authority over the economy and those who would try to disrupt and cause havoc and cause to crash our economy for a political agenda. We take authority over that foul spirit. We rebuke it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Glory to God. We thank you, Father, for protecting our economy, not for the sake of greed, not for the sake of what we can gain, but for the sake of the truth, for the sake of the preaching of the gospel, for the sake of the advancement of what is good and what is right for our nation. And we thank you for that, Father. And we will continually stand guard in this area. We will continue to be vigilant to take our place against every threat. Glory to God. And we thank you that the devil and the foul spirits assigned to the, to the disruption of our economy are bound in the powerful, almighty name of Jesus. Thank you for it, Father. Glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for it, Father. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Father, we pray for our military and our law enforcement. All around the world and all around our land, Father, that your hand of protection would be upon them. Wisdom, that wisdom would be granted to them in every crisis situation that they would know what would be best and what would be right. Give them good judgment, Father, and protect their lives in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Come to the end of another wonderful year. 2019 has been an amazing year. I know personally, now God has always been very real in my life. And he's always shown himself strong. But this past year, God has been uh, unusually strong in my life in various ways I've seen greater revelation uh, on things from the word of God and then just personal direction from the spirit many of you I believe could say the same thing I've had greater and I've always had peace because I believe for it and claim it but I tell you what, my wife and I have had greater peace this year. In the midst of a lot of stress, we had no idea building a house would be as stressful as it was. She tried to warn me, but I wouldn't believe her. And uh, there's just a lot of things. If you ever have ever built, you know, a custom home, of course, you know, had it built by somebody. Uh, there's been a lot of things on our plate 
And yet the peace of God has been so strong. Oh, glory to God. He's been good to us. I've experienced more instant healings this year than, than it seems like I have in the past. Just quick, quick. More financial blessing this year. I, I so love the scripture in Deuteronomy 8 that Pastor Greg verse, read this morning, verse 18. He gives us the power to get wealth. Now see, to, to a lot of Christians, that sounds like an inappropriate thing to say about God or to say in church that he gives people the power to get wealth, but it's right there in the Bible. It's part of the covenant that God made with Abraham. He said, I will bless you and I'll make you rich. And he did. And he said, as a result of that, you will be a blessing to many. And he was. And he still is. Because we are the seed of Abraham. And we're still receiving from the blessing that God gave Abraham. Part of that was a financial blessing. And he said, I give the children of Israel, who were also the, the natural seed of Abraham, he said, I'll give you the power to get wealth that I may establish my covenant. That's what it says. Well, we, we have that covenant. Amen. The blessing of Abraham, Galatians chapter three, verse 13 says, the blessing of Abraham has come upon the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. 13 or 14, that verse. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon Gentiles. <laughs> God's been good. God's been good. He's been good to me. God's been good to this church. I tell you, there's been greater glory in manifestation here in 2019 than we've seen before. There's been a greater sense of the sacredness of his presence. You know, when you pastor a church for almost 40 years like I have, you see some things are no longer theory. You see them from the, from the vantage point of actual history that you've been a part of and you've, you've observed. And I don't know, uh, because I know everybody sometimes aren't on the same page, so to speak, and might not discern things maybe as much as somebody else, but uh, I believe a lot of you could testify that you've sensed a greater reverence and awe of his presence in this church in 2019. I have. Have you? Has anybody sensed that? Yeah. See, turn with me over. Hold your place here. We will come back to this, I believe. Go to Leviticus chapter 23. Leviticus 23. In Leviticus 23, now we know this is Old Testament. Okay, so we're going to bring it into the new here. But in the Old Testament here, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, The feast of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations, these are my feasts. These are my feasts. They weren't Israel's feasts. They were the Lord's feasts. Israel carried them out, but they belonged to the Lord. They were all about the Lord. They were unto the Lord. And Israel understood that. And if you go down through this chapter, you see the different feasts, Passover, Feast of Unleavened Bread, Feast of Tabernacles, Feast of Weeks, which is also Pentecost, Feast of Trumpets, 
the Day of Atonement, the Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, all of these things, of course, foreshadow the Lord Jesus Christ. He is in each one of these feasts, he is there by type and by shadow. Now, we don't observe the types and the shadows anymore. Because why would, why would we observe Jesus' shadow when we have Jesus? I see my shadow behind me. I don't see anybody talking to it. I really don't see anybody paying a lot of attention to it. I'm just pointing it out right now, but hey there. Why would, why would you be interested in my shadow when, when, when you have me? Why would you be interested in the shadow of the Lord when you have the Lord? The New Testament said these were types and shadows. Jesus is the anti-type. And he, in other words, he's the one the type bears witness to. So we don't observe the, the feasts. We don't observe the types and the shadows. But there are some things about these that we should pay attention to. Notice the very first thing he mentions in this chapter is the Sabbath. He said, six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, a holy convocation. You shall do no work on it. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. Now again, we don't observe a seventh day on the calendar like they did because according to the book of Hebrews, uh, the entire gospel era is the Sabbath. We've come into the rest, the Sabbath rest of the Lord. He who has believed has entered into his rest. So the whole Christian and the whole church age is, is a Sabbath and we're living in that. So we don't set aside a particular day as a, as a holy day. We set aside times to come together and worship him, but that doesn't make the day holy. Do you understand what I'm saying? But I want you to notice that when they assembled on the Sabbath and, all on, and, and in all of these other assemblies, if you go down to verse number four, it's a holy convocation. If you go down to uh, different ones in here, I don't have them underlined, but, but they're, they're holy convocations. Like, for instance, in verse number 36, it says, For seven days you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. On the eighth day you shall have a holy convocation. And you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. It is a sacred assembly. And you shall do no customary work on that day. In other words, the things that you ordinarily do every day, he said, don't do those things. Don't do those things. Don't, don't do ordinary things on this special day. Because everything about this day is holy. And the, when you come into this assembly, he said it's a holy convocation and it's a sacred assembly. Well, like I said, we don't observe these types and shadows because we have Christ. But when we assemble together, our assembly is no less sacred than theirs was because they were assembling around the type and the shadow we're assembling with the Lord. Amen. He wasn't present with them when they assembled. He hadn't come yet. He is, he is with us when we assemble together. Jesus is here today. So though we don't have the law and the regulations of the law, we still have the concept of his presence is holy. Our assembling together is sacred. And I've sensed in this body uh, uh, an increasing revelation of that. I, some things, 
you might sense and you might not sense sitting in the pew, but as the pastor, uh, the Lord talks to me about things. And I can tell you that whether you, if some of you have realized this, you've borne witness to that. But even if you haven't, I'm here to tell you there's an increase that's going on. It's been going on, particularly the last probably eight or nine months of this year. In our awareness of his holy presence. Glory to God. There's been greater hunger. And, you know, I've been teaching for many years now that all worship to the Lord must be done in the Spirit. The Father and the Lord Jesus Christ do not respond to worship that's in the flesh. They don't appreciate it. They don't respond to it. It, it is as dead to them. When people just worship naturally with their natural mind engaged, however well-intentioned, they don't respond to that. It's not what they receive. That's not what the Father and what the Lord Jesus receives. Jesus made this statement in John chapter 4. He said, the hour has, is coming and now is. When those who worship the Father must worship in spirit and in truth. He said, for the Father seeks those kinds of worshipers. This has been a year of increased seeking of God. But this has also been a year of increased God seeking us. He said the Father seeks such. He seeks worshipers who, who will worship in spirit and in truth. Worship, worship with the inward man, with the heart engaged with the spirit of man engaged. Glory to God. And there's been more of that in 2019. And I'm telling you, we have gotten God's attention. He said the Father seeks that. Glory to God. All of the honor and all of the praise goes to him. You say, it sounds like you're building us up. The apostle also said, there's nothing you have that you didn't receive from the Lord. <laughs> so, why did you, so why do you act like you didn't receive it? <laughs> why do you act like it was something you pulled off? Nothing we have do or are able to do or any awareness we have or any fruit we have or any right we do or any way we line up, none of that is because of us. It's because he's helped us. He does require open hearts, but our hearts have been increasingly open. <laughs> There's been a greater manifestation of his presence. Now, now we'll look at Psalm 22. Psalm 22. This is a psalm of Jesus on the cross. And it begins by the very words that Jesus spoke when he was on the cross. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me? And from the words of my groaning, oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not hear. And in the night season, and I'm not silent. Well, we know the reason for that. It's because he was being made sin on the cross. God had turned his back on his son while he hung on the cross. And when that happens, you lose all, Jesus lost all understanding 
of what was going on because he was being made sin. But he went on to say, you know, even in times of trouble, when it looks like God's not there, when it looks like he's as far away from you as he could be, when, it, when, when you feel like his back is turned, which it never is, you understand that. But when you feel like God's back is turned and the heavens are as, as, as solid rock and, and iron and nothing, your, your prayers aren't going anywhere. When you feel that, it's always good to fall back on what you know. So even Jesus in his time of, of being forsaken on the cross, he had schooled himself in the truth. He said, I don't understand why. He said, but I know this, you are holy. Enthroned in the praises of Israel. I want to just stop and look at that. You are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. The older King James, regular King James says, you inhabitest or you inhabit the praises of Israel. And this is an idea, the imagery there is of the Shekinah glory, which was the rabbi's explanation of the cloud. The rabbi, it's not in the Bible, but the rabbi writings, rabbinical is the word I'm trying to get, rabbinical writings, they wrote of the Shekinah glory. That's, that was a phrase they they wrote or adopted and it had to do with the manifestation, the physical manifestation of the glory of God that was on either side of the ark in the tabernacle and then later in the temple on either side of the ark of the covenant were these large cherubim with their wings outstretched and the glory of God dwelt on them and between them and hovered between them over that ark and covered these cherubim was a cloud and it was the glory of God. But prophetically, prophetically, the Lord said, you are holy who inhabit or that, that, uh, 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 New King James brings it out more, more accurately. It, that word means to sit upon, enthroned, where it says you're enthroned on. The word literally means you sit upon. His holy presence, he said, is really enthroned on the praises of Israel. Now, they were still under the old covenant. They couldn't come into that place. But we're not under the old covenant. We've come into the reality of that type and that shadow. And we have become the temple of God. And he indwells us. I'm talking about you individually, but, but primarily this morning I'm talking about how he indwells the body, the local church. And he's not just... His glory doesn't just dwell among us without our cooperation. If you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, sometimes you can sense there's a greater presence of God and sometimes there's a less presence of God. Well, God's not wishy-washy. He doesn't, he doesn't have good days and bad days. He doesn't have strong days and weak days. He, he doesn't get up some days and just get up on the wrong side of the bed, you know. He, he never slumbers or sleeps, so he doesn't get up. But it says that he is enthroned, he sits upon the praises of his people. He sits upon the praises of his people. Or he inhabits or he dwells within the praises of his people. Oh, glory to God. And that fits with so many scriptures in the New Testament. If 
Ephesians chapter 2 talks about the fact that right at the end of that chapter that, he, that he's preparing a dwelling place. That we, the church, is the dwelling place he's prepared to inhabit by, the, by his spirit, to dwell among us by his spirit. Oh, glory. But you see, it's praises. It's the praises of God that he really inhabits. It's the, I should say it this way. It's the pray, it is the praise that he dwells and manifests himself on. Glory to God. First Peter chapter 2 talks about that we are a holy temple. And that we offer spiritual sacrifices. We don't offer rams and goats and pigeons and all those things of the Old Testament. We offer spiritual sacrifices. And they're acceptable to God through Christ. They're not e Your sacrifice isn't acceptable because of you. You're not the one that deposits the value in your sacrifice. They're acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. He's the one. And what are those spiritual sacrifices? Hebrews 13 says, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. The fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Oh, glory. Whew. Hallelujah. And we've been growing in this this year. I'm telling you. Glory to God. 2020. Right on the threshold of 2020. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just occurred to me this morning, 2020, what does... We have an expression 2020. You see better when you have 2020 vision, don't you? <laughs> We're going to see more this year. We're going to see more. We're going to have better sight, better understanding. There'll be more glory in 2020. There'll be more expected. There will be more answers for you in 2020. Because you hear me say it all the time. The entrance of his word gives light. What does that mean? It gives understanding. gives revelation. There's going to be more. See, your answer is in revelation knowledge. That's where your answer is. When you're in a, a, a situation where you're needing God to manifest in your life. What you need is the revelation of the Spirit. Now, it comes through the Word. It doesn't come apart from the Word. We're not talking about some kind of, you know, pie-in-the-sky weirdness. We're talking about the revelation that comes through the Word, but it comes by the Spirit. Because two people can read the same scripture and one go away just as dumb as he was when he first read it. It's not that he didn't understand the language. The difference was the other one was listening to what the Lord said in here. And in 2020, there'll be greater, there has been in this, in 2019, there's been greater revelation in my life. I've seen some things. There's gonna be more revelation I have some other points I, want, I wanted to get to, but uh, let me just, let me point this out to you. Go with me. We, I just saw this. It just answered a question that's bugged me. You know, some, some things about the Bible, they don't really bug you from the sense that it irritates you, but every time you read a passage of Scripture, you can just kind of scratch your head and, and then, you, you know, you just wonder. <laughs> We've been looking, I don't know why I didn't see this before, we've been looking at Matthew 13, Mark chapter 4, and Luke chapter 8, haven't we? Have you been here? 
the, uh, the parable of the, of, the, of the word, the sower sows the word. I've always wondered, go to Matthew 13. I don't know which one of these I really want to read, but we'll just start in Matthew 13. I've always wondered about this second guy, the second person or, or type of individual that he describes. In verse number five, it says, you know, the first one he sowed and some of the seed fell by the wayside. We understood that. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth and they, and they immediately sprung up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched and because they had no root, they withered away. Now he explains this in verse number 20 and 21. But he who receives the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises for, because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Before I make comment, let's just go ahead and read Mark and, and, and Luke's account of this before I run out of time. Mark chapter four. Let's, uh, verse number five and six. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth. Immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. We read that. When the sun was up, it was scorched because it had no root. It withered away. And then in his explanation of that is in verse 16 and 17. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who when they hear the word immediately receive it with gladness and they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now, he says the same thing over in Luke, but he says something, I think, interesting in Luke. In uh, chapter 8, verse number 6, some fell on rock, and as, soon as, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Now, one place it said that it didn't have enough earth. It was shallow earth had just enough for it to sprout. Here it says it, it, uh, it lacked moisture. Because it lacked moisture, it withered away. Now, it started with moisture or it couldn't have, have, have sprouted to begin with. It had earth or it couldn't have sprouted to begin with, but then it didn't have enough earth. And it, and it lacked moisture. What didn't have enough earth? The seed. The seed didn't have enough. It didn't go down deep enough. There wasn't enough there. And uh, down in verse number 13, but the ones on the rock are those who when they hear receive the word with joy and these have no root who believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away. Now, I've always, this is what I've, I've struggled with. We know this, we know that a lot of people have started out in faith, whether it's in salvation or whether it's in some other need in their life. They've started out in faith where healing is concerned. They've started out in faith where some other answer to prayer and they believed God. I would dare say a lot of people listening to me today, you've experienced this in your life. You've started out in faith. You know you were in faith. You were believing God and you never saw the answer to a particular thing you were believing God for. Why? Why does that happen? Well, it says here that the seed found soil but not deep soil. And it said, in time of persecution, that is test, in other words, when the enemy comes against you and, and mounts his opposition against what you're believing God for, says they had no root in themselves. And I've always read this and I've always explained it from the pulpit. Now, you've heard me. That means he didn't have any determination. In other words, he didn't have any, 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 uh, 
stick to itness, if, if that's a word. Didn't have that perseverance, that character of perseverance. Didn't have any root in himself. That's not what that means at all. It's not, it's not something in that person that was lacking. I don't know why I never saw this. What, what does a root refer to? There's, it, it refers to a plant. It's the bottom part of a plant. The seed went into your heart. Here's why, here's why you failed. Here's why. You believed God all right. You took the word all right. And it got into your heart all right. But it didn't put down root. It didn't deep. And the reason it didn't put down deep, that seed sprouted, began to grow, and you were believing God. And for the first few days, you're believing God. You're making your confession. You know you got it. And then over time, when the enemy comes against you with more and more and more circumstances to the contrary, you start wavering. You start losing your enthusiasm. It's not that there was anything in, your, in you as a person. It was a matter of the fact that the word did not get rooted in you far enough. It didn't get deep down enough into your spirit. There's plenty of soil there, but he said in this in this situation that it was rocky. If you're going to experience everything God has for you, you're going to have to do something about your heart. You have to do something about your heart. Because the heart of, of man is easily corrupted. And we know that when we're born again, our spirits are recreated in Christ Jesus. But our spirits have to be maintained. We have to stay pliable. We have to stay hungry. We've had an increase of that this year and it's, and it's paying off. We, there, there has to be a continual searching because things can get in your heart that ought not be there. Attitudes. Disobedience, things of the flesh, things in the spirit realm that, that, that you know you shouldn't be touching. Envying, offense. Those things cause your, your heart to, to become stony. And that word doesn't get, it's, it, it's not able to get down as deep as it needs to get. Now notice, it not only lacked earth, it lacked moisture. Now it started out with moisture, but it didn't have enough to sustain it. The word has to be watered. See, you can start out in faith, and you're in faith. There's nothing wrong with your initial start. But very often people stop right there with the word. They believe they receive it. According to Mark, you know, 11, chapter, uh, chapter 11, verse 24, I believe I received. They've been schooled in faith. You come, like Pastor Morgan Dufresne said last week, if you come here, you know about faith. But here's something we've not seen. That faith is small when it starts, and it has to be nurtured. And it's nurtured because that seed that goes in you, it, it has to, first of all, have a pure heart, you have to keep those things out of your heart because that stops the word from taking root. But it also has to be watered. It requires more. Paul said, speaking of, of different ministers, he said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. God gave the increase not just because it got planted, because, but because it got planted and it got watered. The increase is your manifestation. God bring, he always brings the increase. He always brings the manifestation, but it has to not only be planted, it has to be watered or it will die. It will dry up 
and you won't go the distance. I made a statement a few weeks ago, and uh, I didn't really understand. I'd, I'd, I'd said it before, and so I, I, it wasn't something I, that I just got on the spur of the moment. I, I've seen it before, but I've seen it in a greater light. I made this statement. I said, excited faith will only last about halfway through the battle. But informed faith will go the distance and see the manifestation. What is informed faith? This is the part, this is the other part of it I didn't understand. The other part, inform, see, excited faith is what happened to the person who received the, the seed on stony ground. They received it with joy. But they didn't water that seed. They didn't keep watering it until that, until that word was able to put down a deep root in their life that could not be shaken. That no matter the test, no matter the trial, no matter the heat, no matter the sun, no matter the attempt to scorch it, you could not kill it out of him because it had a root in there. That, but that, that doesn't just happen automatically just because you heard the word. That word has to be nurtured. It has to be watered. And, and I, I, it made me go back and read again. I, I tell you, Kenneth Hagin was a man that God used in such a powerful way to bring so much truth and so much revelation that we need for these last days. And the thing about it, it's all in the Bible. There's nothing that he brought that, that was his revelation or something you know that he thought up. It was right there in the Bible. But God used that man. And, and I went back and, and read again. This made me go back and read his testimony about his healing when he was 16 years old. He was, as you know, he was, he was on the bed of sickness, paralyzed. He was completely paralyzed, you know, from his waist down. He uh, had a, uh, an incurable blood disease. Uh, uh, he was uh, uh, an incurable heart disease, lung disease. His internal organs and his chest were all backwards. I mean, he was, he was no way he could live. And I remember he said that he, he would tell the Lord, he said he, would, he got a hold of Mark 11, 23 and 24 and he couldn't get, a, get away from it. Kept reading Mark 11, 24. Whatever things you desire, when you play, believe you receive them, you'll have them. And so he would believe and he would just be sure he was healed. And he would just rejoice and be glad and then his heart wouldn't beat right. And he could see that he wasn't healed and he would lose his joy. And it came down to the, the day that he got healed, it came down to this. He said, now, Lord, he's talking to the Lord. He said, you said, Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty four, whatever things you desire. He said, I desire to be healed. I desire to have a healthy body. I desire it with all of my heart. He said, when you pray, he said, I've prayed. Then Jesus said, believe you receive it. He's talking to the Lord. He said, you said, believe you receive. He said, Lord, I believe I've received. Then he said this, he said, now, Lord Jesus, he said, if you stood by my bed, if you manifested yourself in the flesh where everybody could see you, right by my bed, and you took my hand in yours, and you said, the, the problem with you, son, is you don't believe. He, would, he said, Lord Jesus, if you did that, he said, I'd have to say, and he said it with tears, and he didn't say it mean or arrogant, but in, he said, I would have to say, dear Lord Jesus, you're lying about it. I do believe. You'd be lying. I believe. And he said, by the Spirit, the Lord said to him, yes, you believe all right as far as you know. But the rest of that verse goes with it. And you shall have it. Now, when he said, and you shall have it, Brother Hagin said, I saw it. I saw it. He said, then I suddenly realized that I have to believe I receive it before I see it. And I have to thank God that I have it before I see any evidence of it. He said, I was waiting, feeling my heart. You know, my chest to see if it was beating right. And because it wasn't beating right, I would say, well, I guess I didn't get. He said, I've got to believe it's mine before I see anything. All the Lord said to him was, 
believe you receive it, the last part of that goes with that verse too. And you shall have it. That's all he said to him. But the spirit took it and illuminated it. Illuminated it and he saw it. Now here's the thing. Jesus said you believe all right as far as you know. When you're, when you're believing God for your healing or for your family or for a financial situation, you start out in faith. That's okay for right then. But you're going to need to know more. You're going to need more understanding than what you start out with. That's why people don't receive their answer. That people that started out in faith, you know they did. That's, I know I was in faith, I, you know, but I don't know what happened. It never came to pass. You didn't get more word. You didn't stay before God and water that until the Lord said, yeah, you believe all right as far as you know. But see, you can't, you can't believe beyond revelation knowledge. Brother Hagin said it like this, you can't believe beyond actual knowledge. He said, most people don't really know the Bible. What he's talking about, he's not talking about natural knowledge. He's talking about revelation knowledge. You cannot believe beyond revelation knowledge. And to go the distance in your healing, to stand all the way victorious to the end and you see the manifestation and your body is strong and well, you're going to have to water that seed and 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 continue to feed on it and as you need it the Lord will show you additional insights you believe all right as far as you know well this year this year make it your business to know more make it your business to have more revelation and when you start on something that's good but make it your business to keep feeding that word. Keep putting that word down on the inside of you. Open your heart. Get rid of everything that would, that would uh, constrict it and inhibit it. Keep it from growing. And make sure that word matures down deep inside you. And that's only going to happen by feeding on it and watering it. That's what watering, that's what feeding on the same scriptures over and over and over. You're not planting more seed. You're watering what you have. He who plants and he who waters, Paul said, are one. He who plants and he who waters, he's talking about ministers. He said, Paul and Apollos, Cephas, he said, we're all one in the eyes of God. We're all, he who plants and he who waters are one. Are you getting that? We're, he said, planting and watering are one. They've got to be married together. You have to have the both of them together, united together as one in order to get that root to go deep so that when the trial comes and the enemy sends his messenger to tell you that it's never going to happen, you rise up with so much victory in your, in your mouth and in your heart that there's no way hell or anything from hell can even challenge you, can even disrupt you, can even discourage you. Huh. said he had no root in himself. No depth of earth, didn't go deep enough into his spirit, no water. But oh, glory to God. The person who, now there are other, there are other pitfalls too. He talked about the person that, that had some fruit growing. He was having some manifestations, but then he allowed the cares of this life. Well, that's another subject. But let's stick, on, let's stick to this one today. Amen. There's more understanding for you in the scriptures. There's, there's nothing you know in the Bible that you know everything about. There's, not no, there's no subject, there's no truth, there's, no, no, there's nothing in the Bible that you know that you know enough of. <laughs> and so often, your failure or your victory is in either not knowing more or knowing more. You believe all right as far as you know, 
Well, let's go further. Amen. Amen. Well, that's one of the things I want to talk about today. <laughs> Glory. Praise God. Let's stand up. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I just have a sense that this year coming up, I'm talking about 2020, the next year technically, we're going to, as a church, the glory of God, the presence of God is going to be stronger because this is, this is something that God is doing because he's helped us as a church to reach for more. I, Pastor Anzo and I have to go to California this week. We're not going to be here the first two Sundays of this week, of this, of next, next two Sundays, first Sundays of the year. And I tell you, I hate that. I, I'd rather do anything than have to go to California on the 3rd of January. They used to have these meetings starting in mid-January, and a few years ago they moved them earlier. And I don't like it, but it's not my, it's not my choice, it's not my call. And the Lord tells us, tells us we, we need to go. So I'm glad to obey God. But, and when we go out there, we work. I mean, this is not vacation. Typically, I'll minister 12, 14 times in two weeks. And Pastor Angela, about half that. And uh, we're busy. But that's okay. That's what we go for. But, oh, I would rather be here. <laughs> if in, in my natural uh, desire, I'd rather be here. I wouldn't be surprised anything of hearing anything that could happen next Sunday right here. Because I know 2020 is going to be a marvelous year. And I, I wouldn't be surprised at all to find out next Sunday morning, whew, the presence of God is stronger than it's ever been before. <laughs> <laughs> Glory to God. We're, I'm telling you, church, we are in for a year of God's goodness. Hallelujah. As far as you know, we're going to know more. Those old stubborn things in your life that haven't yielded to what you know to be the word and will of God, those stubborn things... They're going to fall. Victory's going to come. Huh? Yeah. Because we're going to know more. Hallelujah. Pointed out the truth that to him who has, more will be given till he has abundance. God, God's not holding back anything. It's just us understanding what we need to do Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. You've been so good, Father. You've been so true. 2019 has been a glorious year. You've been true. You've been good to us all of our days. Father, you've helped us to grow. You've helped us to come up higher, take on more, We've endeavored to be more obedient, more hungry, seeking more. And you, of course, are the faithful God. You've responded. Glory to God. We thank you for that. But Lord, we thank you not just for all that has been, but all that will be, all that's coming. Hallelujah. More glory. More glory more power, more demonstration, more manifestation, more victory, more life, more answers, more clarity. Hallelujah. We thank you for that, Father. Glory to God in Jesus' name. Amen.
At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.